0: Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and my vision is to create a safe space where we can take off that Superman cape of having it all together and share our stories authentically and honestly. I really believe people are dying for the permission to be vulnerable, to just go there, but it takes someone being willing to go there first. It's my desire to do just that and invite you and others to do the same by removing that shiny mask of perfection and courageously sharing the imperfect journeys of life, spirituality, love, business, and everything in between. Micah Della is a man that I've been so excited to have on the podcast for a long time. The stars finally aligned, our schedules aligned, and we got to chat recently about physical fitness and how you show up for one thing is how you show up for everything. We got to talk about toxic masculinity and how do we truly transform and how do we actually create healthy dialogue between men and women in a time such as this? he made it sound so simple, which I talk about towards the end of the episode, but reflecting back on our conversation, I'm so challenged by his words. Like what if life wasn't as hard as we made it out to be? What if it actually could be simple? What if these really, really hard, big lofty goals that we have could be broken down and we could make small steps towards growth and freedom and healing over a span of time? This and so much more are what Mike and I talked about in our conversation. And I can't wait for you to get to know him. I can't wait for you to follow his journey. He is up to really, really incredible things. So get ready to get to know this incredible man's heart. Welcome, Mike. How are you? I'm
1: doing very well. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh my gosh! I feel like the stars have aligned. We've been trying to plan this podcast for like Man, a long time <laughs> Nine since before it even started. Um, yeah, what's going on in your world these days?
1: I am uh, currently living in Boulder, Colorado. I'm mm. Loving it out here. We just got oh we just got some snow. So uh, is it the first snow? It was the first snow. Uh, I think it was just in Austin, Texas, and it, and we had like about a foot of snow. But what's cool about Boulder is it's right at the base of the foothills to the Rocky Mountains. So uh, you can drive 20 minutes up into the mountains and you're in, you know, two or three feet of snow and then you can come back into town and it's 60 degrees and you're in a T-shirt.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's that's just heavenly. I just when I was I grew up in Texas, actually. So. Austin is my sister lives there. Um, but growing up in Texas, I, after college, I was like, I'm going to either move to Colorado or California. I've just always been like, I love being outside. I love yoga. I love being barefoot. And so Colorado's like always had this really special place in my heart. I grew up going there to visit my dad and I just... I just love it. So are you, you're you there with your now fiancé, right? I
1: am. I'm here with my fiancé, Chelsea Chorus. We are, could talk about Colorado the whole podcast because we love it. <laughs> this is a
0: podcast <laughs> about Colorado. And we love it.
1: <laughs> we love it so <laughs> much.
0: Sponsored by Colorado Tourism. Um, so I just kind of want to let people a little bit how I know who you are and what you're up to. Right. Um, so... If anyone has seen those crazy Instagram videos of like people doing acro yoga, which is like what there's a person that's a base, which is what you do. And a person that's like flying in the air and it's like Cirque de Soleil. It's like one of the most insane things I've ever seen. That's how I I discovered you, Mike, is through like the Instagram hole of like (laughs) yoga videos. And then I was like, who are these two people, Mike and Chelsea? And... I started following you both. My best friend, Sarah, a lot of people know her as D, has photographed both of you and just saying your praises. Not only are you guys honestly world-class athletes, like I'm always like, are you guys training for the Olympics? Perfect. Like what is going on over there? Um, but just your heart and passion, not only for the physical, but like the mental, the spiritual, the stuff underneath is what has impacted me so much. And I think for me, the physical is always a manifestation of something so much deeper. So how we take care of our physical bodies reflects a lot of what's going on underneath the surface. Um, and I, I, I see you using your platform. Not You're not that guy who's just like, hey, look at my arms. You are inviting people into a story. Um So I guess my question is, has that always been that way for you? Like, is this what you're doing now? Like traveling the world, um, training other people, um, do leading retreats. Is this, was this always the plan for you?
1: A good question. Um, no, it wasn't always the, I didn't have this exact plan of how my life would be now. Um, but what I tried to do, actually, I'm 29 years old and in my twenties when I was 21, I, um, I kind of decided I'm going to spend this bulk period of my life really working on building the best mic that I can build, like working mm-hmm. on all the soft skills, right? Like my communication, my listening, my empathy, all of these things that I felt like if I was confident, then it wouldn't matter what job or ir- like um, air quotes, like career I had because um, I was really worried jumping out of college um, kind of like, I went to college and at first I was studying phys ed and both my parents are teachers. So I was going to be a phys ed teacher. And then I went to kinesiology and fitness development. And then Mm. I started as a strength and conditioning coach. But I always knew that I I had a real passion for helping people ever since I was really young. And I loved using my athleticism or my size and like my strength as a way to, and we can get more into this, but like pulling some guys necessarily that wouldn't. Kind of think about their softer skills into an arena that it was okay to do that. So what what you see now, and on I guess with, on Instagram, for example, is some videos of me doing my training, which is like really strong and physical or mobile or flexible, and then as well filtered in with the um, more emotional or spiritual type side of life.
0: Yeah, and when you when you say that, you had this like I want to start going into those soft skills, really growing intentionally? Was there something that triggered that for you? Was there something that brought that to light? Because I feel like when you're saying this and I'm being totally stereotypical right now, and I I am acknowledging that, yeah, yeah. but I feel like that's something that more, I would say like a woman would do is like, okay, like I want to like grow on the inside or get in touch with my emotions. And I feel like historically there's been this like men don't do that. And women do this, like women are the nurturers, like men are the hunters and the gatherers. And I, I think that that needs to be shattered. Um, there's space for the masculine and feminine for both male and female. Um, but what, what triggered that in you to want to go down that path?
1: Yeah. Good question. I, um, I really love, emotion. So, and mm-hmm. I think I like really diving into the why behind almost everything that I do. Mm-hmm. So I was an athlete or I am still an athlete and I would, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, Hey, why do I love sports so much? It's mm-hmm. not just like running up and down the court. It's the feeling that I have. It's the connection I have with the other guys on my team. It's the whole emotion behind that last second shot. So it's not really like sure. The, the handstands or the backflips or the acro is cool and it's totally fun. But what's a lot more fun are like the inner workings and the connection that's, that has to be created either with someone else where it's the acrobatics or by yourself, if you're doing um, something solo.
0: Yeah. One of my mentors says it like how you show up for one thing is how you show up for everything. Yeah. I love that. What do you feel like you learn from your like day to day, like your physical workouts? And then I also... I'm just imagining if I, if you were a base and I was like being flipped up in the air by you, like, mm-hmm. what do you learn about yourself and the person that you're like flipping around in the air? <laughs> like, what does it take for you to do that? And how does what you bring there show up in the other areas of your life?
1: Yeah. In order to do really anything, you need to kind of know why it is that you're doing it and then like the, the skills mm-hmm. in order to do that. So we'll use, I'll use handstand as one example. Um, most people have the ability to hold a handstand against a wall or to get into the position. Like they have the strength, they have the flexibility or mobility to a certain extent. But the third aspect is focus. And that's the hardest element to acquire. So when I'm training someone or when I'm training myself, I'm constantly working on how can I better get into that flow state? How can I better be like completely engaged in this moment so that I can gain not only like the most, well, enjoyable experience from it, but also Mm -hmm. so I can grow. So what I like to say is like you're training in the gym, if you can really focus on how your hands are placed, where the shoulder is over the wrist, all of these intricacies of whatever it is that you're doing, then when you come out of the gym, you're going to be able to really listen to someone that's speaking to you, maintain eye contact, Mm -hmm. like notice them, listen to them, understand them, be with them in whatever that moment is or if it's not a person, it could just be like the food that you're eating, right? You can taste the different flavors. You can just be more engaged in your life, which then enhances the experience of what can sometimes seem like a mundane experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Or just like going through the motions. Yeah. It's like, like going. I refuse to yeah, go going through, through the, the motions.
1: Mo- <laughs> I just, I, I hate like that idea of having to just like go through the motions. Like I just, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a shitting, right? Like I just should do this or I should do that. And, you know, I, I like to make, to define the language a bit more so then I can gain uh, ownership over it is like that I'm actually doing. But to go back to your question about lifting you up in the air, the mm-hmm. first thing that would have to happen would be for us to develop trust and like a relationship and a way to communicate because mm-hmm. there's, I mean, if you're entrusting in me to put you upside down or put you over my head, you know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong, right? That's like a lot. There's a lot of risk that your body's eight feet off the ground. So we Mm want to make sure that you feel comfortable, you feel safe, you feel supported, all of those things, rather than just like, come on, I'm super strong. Like I can bench press this. Like, just, just trust me, just do it. Come on, come on. It's like, it's, it's my responsibility as I guess the leader in that scenario or we call it the base is the boss, right? So when you see all those videos, like the base is really controlling all of all of those things. And then the flyer is just kind of following it like a dance. Um, and then of course oh. they have ways of communicating.
0: How do you, de- like when you say that, how do you develop that trust? Like how how did you do that with Chelsea? Like how did you develop like, yeah, I'm just so curious about how that works when you, because you want to be like, just trust me. I've done this before, trust me again. But that's very like, black and white and i feel like life really happens like what you're saying like in the flow like in that gray what does it look like to build that trust
1: yeah it looks like small small wins like you kind of kind of got to start hitting stuff out of the park that's really easy in the beginning Mm -hmm. so you know you build trust by um smaller like smaller skills if we're talking about Mm -hmm. acrobatics right so maybe it's you know just she's just spotting me and uh in a push-up or a, or a plank or, or something like this, where we can start to—I can understand like how she touches me, how I'm touching her, if she likes that. It's a lot of asking questions, really trying, really trying to understand what's going on in the other person's head, right? Because you're living in—we're all living in our own reality, and we're all living mm-hmm. in the stories that we tell ourselves. But as best as I can get those stories out to you, and then you can get your stories out to me. Now we kind of have our cards on the table. And then we can shuffle them around in a way that works for both of us.
0: That's so good. That's, I mean, if you're explaining an actual relationship. Like, how do I get out of my own head and how do I serve the other person? And you're, you're so right. It's, I'm just thinking of even just a romantic relationship. Like how do I develop trust with someone? I don't say, trust me, I'm trustworthy. I show up in the every day. I show up in the small moments. And when the small moments are built, like, then you're ready for the big moments. But like, I think sometimes for me, I'm like, I just want to run a marathon. Um, But maybe I haven't run more than like four miles in my whole life. And then I'm frustrated. I can't run the marathon as opposed to like, okay, how can I just take tiny steps of progress forward as opposed to being so fixated on like the end goal, whether it's like trust or something like I want to lose 30 pounds. Like I think it's so easy to be so overwhelmed by the end result of like, I want to accomplish this massive thing, but you feel so far from it that it's, it can be almost, you can feel defeated before you even start the whole process.
1: Yeah. I work. I love thinking about that and helping people with that idea of like, it's really breaking it down. So it's kind of, Mm -hmm. if you have this grand goal of, and it's really hard when you have things like, I want to be, I want to feel better, right? Like, what does that, what does that mean? Like, if if it's like, I want to lose 30 pounds, right? That's an easier goal to track because it's a number and you can see Mm -hmm. it. Or if like, I want to learn a handstand, like, okay, there are steps that we follow and things that need to happen. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're holding the handstand. And then Mm -hmm. it's cool because in the beginning, you're like, there's no way. I'm working with a woman who's almost 70 now. And when we first started a few years ago, she couldn't even do one push-up. And now she's working on holding a handstand. So, but in the past, she's like, yeah, right. Like crow pose, like that's not for me, Mike. I'm 65 years old, 66 years old. Like I can't do that. I'm a grandma. And then slowly but surely we show, we we build the strength. Then we show her her own strength, right? Uh, Improve it to her. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, whoa. And all of a sudden she's a, Fourteen-year-old girl again, being like, "Yippee! Like I'm so strong. This is amazing. I feel so good. Like what else is next?" And then you see it Mm. carrying over into other areas of her life. Whether it's like, "Oh, I want to," you know, I've always wanted to go sailing, but I never thought that that I could do that. But I'm going to try it. Mm. And then you go. So Mm. I think when you have a larger goal, it's important to work either by yourself if you can, or with someone to help break that goal down into Mm. more sustainable, um, kind of digestible pieces.
0: Right. It's not about running the marathon tomorrow. It's about like, okay, so, and I think this is like with every area of life. And I I wonder if this is why New Year's resolutions don't work or so many, so many people talk about like, I want to write a book. I want to do these big, massive things in our lives, but it stays in outer space and we don't ever like break it down to the nth degree. I can't write a book today, but I can research 10 different publishing houses today. I can reach out to someone who's written a book tomorrow, like making those like tiny adjustments and tiny steps forward, I think is what like gets us to those like big places. But I think so many times it's like, it's not because we don't have the opportunity or the, the strength, even as you're saying that like a, if a 70 year old woman can hold a handstand, then I can, (laughs) but it's like the audacity to be committed to, the tiny details.
1: Yeah, you're totally right. It's, it's the details that, that add up in the end Mm. when you have the huge idea, right. And then you have like, you're going to run the marathon or you're going to write the book and then you find the publishing and you maybe reach out to another author. The thing Mm. is, is celebrating those, right. Treating Mm. those as like, you're writing the book, right? Like you're doing it. You're doing that whole action. A lot of times it can be like, we can get down on ourselves. Like I only, I only did this right? Like that's a dangerous word only. Mm, it's like, yeah. you know, it's really kind of finding either people or with yourself, like celebrating those, those wins. Cause that's, that's what they are. And then learning to love those and even some failures. Cause you know, we all know that when you fail, you're growing.
0: Absolutely. When you say that, like what comes to mind for me is something that I struggle with is I'll walk into a room and I instantly see what could be done better. Mm -hmm. So as far as like celebrating my wins, like I'll experience a win or accomplish something that is like really meaningful to me. Like for example, I just signed with a literary agent. So like I am writing a book, but all I can think is like all the things I haven't done. And it's been really hard for me to acknowledge the wins. And I don't know if this is like, and the athlete's mindset and me, I was an athlete in college an athlete my whole life. I coached for years and I'm just like, there always needs to be some room for improvement. Like it, it's hard for me just to say like, wow, that was good. I accomplished that thing. I'm like, okay, accomplished that. But I didn't get there yet. I need to get there. And while I think that can be like a really good thing, like I'm always pushing myself. It can be really, hard to see anything that I've done well. Cause all I see is like, well, I haven't done that or the room doesn't have, doesn't have X, Y, Z that would make it better.
1: All right. I have the perfect solution for you. Cause I, <laughs> I am the same way and you're right. There's a lot of good with that. Like if I'm trying a new position or a new m- strength move, um, I'll fail it like 30 times before I get it. But those 30 mm-hmm. times I'm not like, oh, I'm, I'm a piece of shit. Like I suck. I'm weak. I'm just like, learning one, like something really small each time. But the thing that helps me the most is it sounds like you and I are, we both have high level of critical intelligence. We're Mm -hmm. really good at seeing what's wrong and then how to fix it, which Mm -hmm. can be great. Um, but can also be really tough. Um, so,
0: and exhausting when you're in a relationship.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for, <laughs> for Chelsea in some ways because I'm always like, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, I'm trying to improve. I'm trying to improve the apartment or I'm trying to improve mm. the house or whatever. And um, you know that can be exhausting because it can feel like you're never enough. Um, mm-hmm. So one exercise that I like to do with that is um, it's called the four W's. Mm. And it's a, it's a kind of a spinoff of a gratitude journal But instead of like a gratitude journal where it's like, I'm grateful for my body, I'm grateful for the sun, I'm grateful for my Mm -hmm. family, it's what went well and why. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm I'm right now studying positive psychology, which is essentially the science of well-being and what's been scientifically proven as the greatest character strengths that are predictive of well-being are gratitude and love Mm -hmm. of learning. And those are over things like love or kindness or humility or forgiveness. They did studies that show gratitude and love of learning are the top two. So if you're you're wanting to feel better, those are two areas to improve. Now, gratitude, how do you improve gratitude, right? It's like, I feel more grateful today. And this one exercise that the four W's is a way to show. So I just write down three things every day that went well, and then I write why they went well. So Mm -hmm. the why is critical because it allows me to have the ownership over things Mm -hmm. that are going well in my life, not just Mm -hmm. like, or for instance, this podcast went really well because I took time to get rest the night before, to um, prepare for it, to do all of these things. And that's why I'm able to speak the things that I want to speak in a clear or or an articulate way, rather than Mm -hmm. just like, it went well, um, cat's great. Like. I love the Refine Collective.
0: Yeah, it's like getting really specific. I'm even as you're saying that, my mind is like kind of like overwhelmed by by that concept. Like it sounds so simple, but even as you're talking, I'm writing down three things that went well. Like I feel even, I can feel like even resistant about that. But even what you said about getting connected to the why, I feel like that is like where a part of that magic is, is like owning like, no, I showed up and it went well because I showed up and because I put in the hard work. And I think one of my coaches, one thing that she has said to me for a long time is she's like, how good can you stand it? Like, I'm always like, how can we grow? How can we grow? Like, I want feedback. Give me feedback. And if it's not like constructive criticism, like you're selling me short. And she's like, what if things just went well? Like, can you like, how good can you stand it? Um, as opposed to like, always just like seeing the holes, see what you created and acknowledge it. Yeah, totally. That's so fascinating that those like gratitude and love of learning are above like love. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, it sounds like with, it's a similar idea to writing the book, right? It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I want, I can't mess. It's really hard for me to think of these three things. So then instead of thinking, it's really hard for me to write the book, it's like, break those down. Like you can be, you Mm -hmm. can, what what, what was the salad I ate today? Why'd that go well? Mm -hmm. Because I Googled like organic salads in time in Times Square or wherever it can be, it can be like really small stuff. It doesn't have to be like, you know what went well is my authentic, genuine communication with my husband and her boyfriend. It's like it doesn't have to get to there right away, right? Even if we want that to, to be the case, it just it will get there,
0: right? It can be. I woke up on time. Simple,
1: like just three wins, yeah. like three wins, boom. And then those are gonna snowball.
0: I wanna pause in today's episode to tell you about something I am so excited and passionate about. So for my single ladies, this one is for you. I just wanna say, I get it. Dating in today's culture can be a struggle fest. Do you ever feel like you're gonna end up being a crazy cat lady watching Bachelor reruns, eating pirate booty all by yourself? I get it, girl. Let's face it, dating can feel confusing, frustrating, isolating, and like a desert wasteland, but it doesn't have to be. I created a free resource guide just for you to support you in getting out there this year. It's called six tips to activating your dating life with intention and clarity. I truly believe that whether you've never been kissed or your last date was 20 minutes ago, this guide can support you in shaking things up and putting yourself out there in honoring and, might I also say, fun ways? These are the exact things I have implemented into my dating life over the last few years that have empowered me, given me clarity, and propelled me into getting from my couch onto an actual date. So hold up. If you're married or already in a relationship, don't tune me out. I know you have some girlfriends in your life that would benefit from this. So whether you are married or you are a single girl, ready to put yourself out there, go to bit.ly slash TRW dating. That's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y, slash TRW stands for the refined woman dating. This is where you can grab your free guide, six tips to activate your dating life now. So ladies, let's get out there, shake things up and have fun. I am with you on the journey. One of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on here, Mike, is you started posting a couple years ago. I don't know if it was exactly, if it was in light of the Me Too Too movement or not, but you started posting about toxic masculinity. And that's something that I haven't really ever talked publicly about, um, I've talked about me too. I'm like all about the girl power, but something that I've really seen in the last couple of years is there's like women have the platform right now. And like the world is our oyster in a lot of ways and that like the, uh, wrongs are being righted and that needs to happen. Like, I want you to hear me out. Everyone to hear me like, this is great stuff that needs to happen. But I there's a part of me that I'm like I don't really know if I agree the future is female I think the future is male and female and how do how do we give men an opportunity to talk about this and how do we give each other space to dialogue and heal because the right answer isn't just to like shut men down and there only to be space for the women so you've talked about this concept of tos- toxic masculinity on your social and I just love to hear you like unpack your story on that and why you're passionate about it. So I had written a
1: couple of posts about and about toxic masculinity um, a few months ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been doing a lot of thinking on that and I lead mm-hmm. a, I work with a couple men in, in town here and we, we talk about these concepts a lot mm-hmm. and I almost don't like the term toxic masculinity anymore
0: mm-hmm. only
1: because being masculine isn't toxic. Mm -hmm. It's just, there's like, there's toxic aspects of men. Um, And then, you know, that allows it to break it down. Cause I think, I think I love like the feminist movement and like being feminine. And like, I want to give women a huge platform, at least with me personally, to be able to communicate and talk about that. And I think it's hard because it's been suppressed forever. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that's terrible. And I agree with you. That needs to not happen, like obviously. But it's really hard for women who have felt suppressed, like anyone who's felt suppressed, to then come into a conversation like without that extra energy of like, you don't understand what it's like. This is what happens to us. Da-da-da-da-da. Whereas the men, they want to understand. like They want to learn. They want to know how they can support. They want to know all these things. They- but they don't want to be yelled at. They don't want to be preached to. They're gonna, in a lot of ways, right, wrong, or indifferent, like kind of move themselves away from that, rather than lean into that. And I think that's that's one issue, right? Where it's, Mm -hmm. hey, you need to see that this has been this has been a suppression, right? There might be daily actions or daily things that you're doing. I mean, I learn stuff that I'm doing every day that could be taken in a certain way, Mm -hmm. and then now I'm aware of them. You know, sometimes I can choose to like act on them or not act on them. But at least I'm now aware of how that could be. And then I can ask someone, hey, is this offending you? I'm not trying to offend you. Like, I want you to be able to be open with me. Mm -hmm. And then at least if we're going to have a confrontation or an argument, at least we know what we're fighting about. And -hmm. then we can be like, okay, we see this differently, but I respect your view and you respect my view. And that's cool. Or, oh, I totally didn't mean for it to come off that way. Like, I can see how I was maybe bulldozing you. Um, I used to think about that as I'm just super passionate. So I'm just like going to talk, 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 and like have all these ideas and, and come to that. And I didn't know that that might have like shut you down and not let you be able to articulate or feel like you can come back into the conversation.
0: I feel like that's such a, a huge thing that you're acknowledging is the versus like the awareness, like we have to be first aware that some there's like a breakdown or something's coming up and then acknowledging that what what has your experience been like with the men in your life in talking about this stuff like do you feel like for the most part you've had conversations with men and they're like yeah this is happening like there's there needs to like the rights need to be made wrong or do you think there's are there a lot of guys who don't even think this is a real issue? Yeah. yeah, what has your experience been in the conversations with men that you've had?
1: Um, every single man that I've spoken to, if, it, if there's like a clear distinction, or if it's like okay, the woman is getting the woman and the man are doing the same work, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing the exact same job, but the man is getting paid more money. Every guy I've spoken to is like, that's wrong. They should be getting paid the same amount. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. But they also they want to know they want to know what the problem is. Like they want to define the problem. I think there's There's a lot of different ways that these conversations can go. Mm -hmm. And I think people want to be a part of something, right? That's why maybe like sports are so popular. Like we all want to feel like we're a part of a culture or part of a team. And Mm -hmm. I think this is a humongous team, right? Of like half the world. So when there's a lot of times, you know, there can be some uneducated thoughts or energy behind that. And then it's like, well, I actually want to have a real conversation with you, but you just want to yell. And be like, yeah, go women, go everything. And and I'm cool with that. I just want to know why. And I want to hear what you think and wanna have a conversation.
0: Mm. So how do we begin that conversation? I mean, I think there's so I think there's so much energy around this right now. And at least all I can share is my perspective as being a woman is I see so many of my guy friends, it's almost like they feel like they're damned if they do and damned if they don't, kind of. Like, ah, like so do I open your door or do I not open your door? Because if I do open your door, like, you're mad at me because you're independent and you can do your own thing. But if I don't open your door, then, like, I'm a jerk. Like, it kind of, I know that's like a a silly example, but I've wondered if it kind of feels like, ah, like, what what are we, how do i how do i interact with this conversation and if it's been scary as a man to even voice anything cuz it at least my, the experience that i've had and i i know my experience is unique i live in new york city it's this like cultural hub but It's almost felt like, man, I feel like the guys and the men in my life who are really great men are almost afraid to do anything because they're so afraid that something's going to be taken out of context and it's just going to make the problem worse.
1: Yeah, totally. I definitely feel that. And that makes a lot of sense. I think what will help that is maybe like preface it, the conversation, like set the container where it's, Hey, I really want to have this conversation. I get it can be really hard for you. And you might be feeling all these confusions. Like just saying exactly what you said to me, mm-hmm. right? And then it's like, oh, okay. I'm okay. It's okay if I mess up here. It's okay mm-hmm. if I say something maybe wrong. It's okay if I stumble over my words, whatnot. This is a constructive thing. And we're in this together. Not mm-hmm. like we've been suppressed. What are you going to do about it? And then it's like, whoa, I, that's not what I want to have. I don't want you guys to feel this way. I don't, I want to know what to do. I want to open the door if I'm going to open the door. I don't also don't want to do that, Mm. you know, and it can be hard like, and saying, Hey, sometimes I want you to open my door. Sometimes I want to open it on my own. I get that. That's really hard, right? I get you're in a tough spot, right? We're going to work on this together. We're in this as a team. Mm. I think a little bit more of that type of approach will garner more like true authentic conversation to come out of that.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a good point. And it makes me wonder why is communicating our needs why does that feel so vulnerable? And even just, I'm thinking of dates that I've been on that haven't gone the way I wanted them to go. Or I was talking with one of my girlfriends and she went on a first date and she was like, can you believe he took me here? They went to IHOP on their first date. And I was like, I think that's kind of cool. I love pancakes. (laughs) And she was like, I would never have wanted to go there. And I was like, well, did you tell him that? And she was like, no, like he should have just known that that's not where you take someone on our first date. And I've just wondered, I'm like, why is it so hard to like look a person in the eye, man or woman, and say, this is not what I want, or this is what I want, or I don't like IHOP or, hey, can we have this hard conversation? Like, yeah, I think part of what comes up for me is I want to be liked. And I don't want to be rejected. So I'm like, okay, so let me, even though on the inside, I'm like, why isn't that person? It's like, we're getting mad at people for not being mind readers.
1: Well, you want to be liked for who you are. You don't want to Mm -hmm. be liked just because just for this like front that you're putting on. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think people have to define, like define what they want. And that's really hard to do, obviously, with society. And there's ton. I feel really bad for women in this way because there's so much crap telling them, "Look like this, do this, say this, wear this." Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, it's like, "But work hard, be an independent woman, do your own thing." Da 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 da. And it can be really cloudy, like super cloudy. Um, mm-hmm. I maybe this is just in my world, but I, I think a lot about. Um, the first thing I'll have any client of mine do is eliminate that word should from their vocabulary. Mm. Um, Just you said it the other time, like he should know not to take me there. Right. You know, it's, that's a dangerous freaking word. I mean, Mm. it's like, because there's no ownership. Um, There's a great book that might be, it's a little bit hard because from a former Navy seal and it's extreme ownership, Mm. but that concept is so critical to like, owning your own happiness. And, you know, the should is an easy way, right? When we, when we use that word, we like kind of give away our power. And every time you say should, you should change it. (laughs) You should change it, right? (laughs) I would recommend you change it to want (laughs) to want Mm because it's more personal, right? Like I want you to do this is a lot harder Mm -hmm. to say than you should do this.
0: Right. Well, and I think should doesn't deal with my heart, it's well, it's made up. I should want to go work out or I shouldn't want to date that person that is toxic for me, or I shouldn't want to get wasted. (laughs) Whatever the should or shouldn'ts are like that, it, it stops, it stops me from really getting down to like the deep place of like, okay, so what if I actually do want the thing that's not best for me? Like for me, I'm like, that's where the moment of growth is able to happen is when when we're able to acknowledge like whether I should or shouldn't want to do this or be this or whatever. It is what I'm feeling because I guess the picture I get is like when, when I say should, like I'm putting a wall, like a brick wall over my desire or over what I want or w- what I hope for. It just it stops everything up.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, and it, it's easy to do that because the wall's comfortable, kind mm-hmm. of, right? You can like kind of hide behind the wall. It's really hard to say, I want McDonald's because then you have to like <laughs> live with that. You know, you have to be right. like, wow, I can't say anything else. Like I chose that <laughs> decision, right? Whether it's poor or whatnot. I mean, it is poor in a certain time, but um, you kind of have to like live with that. And that's hard.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's almost like I'm we're scared to acknowledge to ourselves where we're really at, because then we have to come in touch with like, oh, like I'm not the person I'm projecting myself to be. And I wonder if underneath that there's an underlying question of like, will I really be loved? Will I really be accepted if I show up fully? As who I am, even if that person is the person that's like, yes, I love working out, but right now I do want that McDonald's. <laughs> like, will we be loved? Like, I wonder if that's underneath a lot of this stuff.
1: I mean, I'm sure it's part of it. Um, mm-hmm. I would just urge you to think about who are the people that you really look up to? Mm-hmm. Are they the ones that have the, the fancy hat and you can kind of tell they're putting on the front? Mm-hmm. Or are they the ones who are just totally authentic and you can just, when you're around them, you just feel like, Oh, this person's super real. Like Mm. they get it. Like what's more beautiful to you?
0: Definitely the real people.
1: (laughs) For sure. So then you're going to be, so then if that's more, that's kind of what you're going to want to want to strive for, right? If that's Mm. what you feel like is more beautiful or you love that and then you want to be loved, be that.
0: Yeah. it's. I think as like a doer, even just as we were, you know, tying it back earlier, the, the type of person that walks in the room and it's like, you use the word, um, critical intelligence yeah, or that phrase. Um, like I want to know how to do the things like give me the formula, give me the one plus two equals three. And so much of what you're talking about and what we're dialoguing about is being like, there's not like a 10-step formula to how to be. It's just being. And that can feel so frustrating for me at times because I'm like, no, just like tell me what to do and I'll do that so I can be that. But that's not like the magic of learning to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can tell you to be. If you want something to do, I'll tell you <laughs> yeah. be. Go breathe. Like, I mean, I'll, mm. that's for sure. It's like, I need some things that are going to work. It's just, you might not necessarily respect those, right? Mm. So if you're mm. wanting to- write a book, but you don't know where to start. You want this like really tactile thing of, okay, we'll make mm-hmm. a graph and then write down mm-hmm. this and do this and that do like work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas what you, might ne- what you might need is someone to tell you, well, you need to sit down with your eyes closed and take a hundred inhales and exhales and just try to count every breath.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like I, now I need something that's like, that's really important. Yeah. And I give think me the it, real stuff. Give me the real <laughs> stuff. And that's, yeah. that's, I think where the confusion comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's it's hard for people to want to do that really hard work. And, you know, my, my part of my path is doing it through f- physicality, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't hide behind your Rolex. Like when we're in the gym, like you got shorts on, I got shorts on. Like we're doing the same thing. Like we sweat, we cry, like we do the same stuff. And mm-hmm. then what? a lot of stuff's going to come out. And then from there, it's going to give you that platform to take that into these other areas, of your life, which are really a lot more important than like losing the 30 pounds. Like a lot of, like you actually don't want to lose 30 pounds. Mm -hmm. I used to, I used to live in Manhattan and I'll work with, and I know I'm making stereotypes here again, (laughs) but (laughs) like an upper West side or upper East side woman. Who's like, I just, you know, like she lives on fifth Avenue and she wants to lose 10 pounds. So Mm -hmm. she comes in and that's her goal. And I'm like, okay, cool. Knowing deep down, you don't really want to lose ten pounds. Like what you think, what you want is maybe your kids to like you, you're engaged with your husband more, like to have better community with your friends. But you think losing the ten pounds is going to get you all of those things. So what we focus on is giving you confidence, showing you that you're strong, building your self esteem, and then before you know it, you probably have lost the ten pounds anyway. But like Mm -hmm. that isn't what you're gonna be coming back for. You're coming back because of the feeling that you have, and then that feeling will permeate into the rest of your life.
0: Mm, that's so good, that's so good. It's it's usually never about the thing.
1: Never, no, it's It's never. always
0: like something deeper. This, um, one of my favorite authors, Rob Bell, says like, this is always about that. Yeah. Like, this is never about this, this is always about that. No,
1: totally, and then what's the best, like, what's the best way to get to that? And maybe it's not this, but maybe it is. Who knows?
0: So kind of going back to this conversation of the dialogue between men and women right now, what do you think men need to hear right now? Like if you could say something to the men in your life or the men listening to this podcast, what would you want to tell them?
1: Uh, A few things. Um, The first would just be the seeking to understand, right? So if Women need need the support, especially now. Like they need it from men, because we're in this we're in this world together. So Mm -hmm. if you're just having a communication with the women in your life, even if that's your mom or your sister or or whatever, just coming in and asking, like, "Hey, how can I support you through these times?" Right? What would be the best? Like, can we have a conversation? Mm -hmm. What would you like to see from me? Right? Because a lot of men support like a thousand percent they just not, might not know what to do or what to say. And to that, there's a really great TED Talk. Um, and it's I think the title is Violence Against Women. Um, it's a men's issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what that's essentially meaning or, or saying is that the guy's calling for a bystander approach. So say you're out at a bar and you see a woman who's really drunk and then you see some guy maybe like starting to take advantage. And you get like that irky feeling in your stomach, right? Mm. Instead of saying, Oh, it's not, it's not my problem. Right? Like yeah. it's stepping in and being like, Hey man, like, you don't, we don't treat women like that. Like, like, let's bring her home like together, or let's make sure she gets back to her friends or stepping into a situation rather than just avoiding it. And, mm. um, and I, I realize this can be really, really difficult, right? They talk a lot about it with, with teenagers. Or, or with kids. And it's even bullying. It's like mm-hmm. if you see someone bullying someone else, you know, step in. And And how do you do that? There's a lot of different ways, but the one that I, one way that I like to, to talk about it, especially with guys, right? Because we're not necessarily stereotypically the best communicators. So it's like, hey man, real men don't hit on drunk girls. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to have a bar fight. <laughs> and <Yeah>. that's not, <laughs> that's not what's going to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. But maybe it's like, talking to her friends or buying that guy a drink, right? Say you see some guy who's being a real, uh, enter that word, (laughs) now you buy him a shot or you do whatever. Now you're distracting him from that scenario and you're actually getting your end result. Even though the real end result would be educating him on like what it means to be a man and like support women and all of that. Obviously, 2 a.m. at the bar isn't the place to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of removing him from that situation and then, you know, working on educating it later.
0: Mm. Um, I love that, like step in versus being being a bystander. Because I think that takes, that takes courage, no matter the situation is to step in, that's vulnerable. Because what if it doesn't work out? What if you get made fun of? Like all the conversations that I'm sure come up, or I tried to step in when I was a kid and this is what happened. Um, what do you think are reasons why, men, I guess just humans in general choose to be the bystander.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's peer pressure, peer Mm. pressure 101. Like you Mm -hmm. don't want to be ostracized. You want to be liked, right? We talked about it earlier. I want people to like me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to lose my status in this, in this peer group. Um, so I think, but the cool conversation is that it's almost, you can kind of wear it like a little bit of like a badge of honor. Like, Hey, like before you go out with your guy friends, you're like, Hey guys, we're not going to if we see anything, we're just going to step in and we're going to all work together. Like we all have our back, right? Like, just Mm -hmm. like we all have our back on the field. Like we all have our back in here and doesn't have to be something like, you know, that definitive. I mean, it can be, but it can also just, you can just kind of start the conversation before it happens. And then at the end of the day, like you're stopping a, I mean, hopefully not like potential harmful, like sexual assault situation, no one's going to be making fun of you about that. They're going to be like, Mm -hmm. man, like, that's great. Like, Mm -hmm. I wish I had the courage to do that. And then Mm -hmm. by you doing it, you're now giving them the courage to do it because you're showing them it's okay. You're leading by an example.
0: Mm -hmm. Courage begets more courage. Yeah. So for women, let's just say, like, as a woman, what can I do to encourage and foster and support this sort of atmosphere for the men in my life? Like, is there, is it something that I can say? Is it more just kind of what we we're talking about ways of being like, as a woman, how can I foster this like healthy view of masculinity in my life?
1: You can work to define it with the men mm. in your life. Be like, Hey, what is it? What does being a man mean to you?
0: Mm.
1: I mean, how often do you think of that? How often do you think like, what does being a woman mean to you? What is being mm. a, person like me, like what's a good person? What are these attributes that you're trying to work on? Right. Mm -hmm. And then now at least now you're going to know the cards that are on the table. You're going to know what we're working with. And then it's a, and it's a lot about like supporting and trying to understand and just, it's, it's really being a good person. You're listening, you're asking questions, you're sharing some of your own, your own experiences. You're saying, wow, that must be really hard to like step in. we watch it all the time on TV, right? Like all, like a lot of shows are really toxic. I mean, music Mm -hmm. is like incredibly toxic. Mm -hmm. So maybe you wouldn't necessarily do this with a peer, but you could um, like stop the music and be like, I don't know, this just caught me. Like, what do you think about this lyric? Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, that might be a better thing to do like with a a kid if you're a parent. Mm -hmm. But I mean- Chelsea and I do this all the time. We're very conscious of like, not only the food that we're putting into our bodies, Right, we all think of like like a cleanse, like, oh, I need to do a juice cleanse because mm-hmm. that needs to be healthy. But what about what you're listening to or what you're seeing or what the end of the space you're surrounding yourself with? Like, what if we did a, a cleanse on some of these on these aspects, who you're following, mm-hmm. you know? Like all of that type of stuff um, has a huge impact on on your life. So mm-hmm. To wrap that up it's just seeking to understand sharing some of your experiences and then working to define what it means to be a man yeah. or or helping create that space with other men mm-hmm. right like if i'm gonna if i'm a woman i'm gonna talk about you know a me too or uh mm-hmm. something that's like really heated maybe mm-hmm. i'm gonna talk about that with my women friends first and mm-hmm. like get out a lot of that like emotional discharge with them
0: mm-hmm.
1: then I can talk, then I can come in and be like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Like, I know what it is. I've, I've, I'm working through it. Like, I want to have this conversation with you rather than it just being like the first thing that comes out. And then you never actually even get to the main topic because you're Mm -hmm. too busy putting out the fires of like both people's emotional discharge.
0: Mm -hmm. What you're saying sounds so easy. It, I, I tried it. I mean, in my mind, it is really
1: easy. I get get that it's not easy, but Mm -hmm. I also get like, it kind of really can be easy. It's just about putting the right, just like writing a book. I mean, I've never written a book, so I can't say it's easy, (laughs) but like a lot of things can be really easy if you just kind of put them in, if you kind of build a process before them, And then you start to believe like, okay, just trusting this, this recipe.
0: Well, and I wonder if, too, it's about like, I, for example, I was taking, I was shooting all day yesterday. Um, I'm a photographer by day, podcaster by mid morning, um, but I'm on this shoot and my client kept being like, oh, I'm so awkward in front of the camera. I'm so awkward in front of the camera. Oh, I feel so awkward. And I paused and I said, you're as awkward as you say you are like this, like the more you're acknowledging this is awkward. This is awkward. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. Then that's how you then show up. Then when you're looking at the images post shoot, all you're seeing is I'm awkward. I'm awkward. Um, I wonder if sometimes what you're saying is like, it is, it sounds simple because it is simple. It does. What if it doesn't have to be so hard? It it doesn't. What if it doesn't have to be so scary? I think it's the same thing with fear fear has as much power as I choose to give it. Well, that thing's scary. I'm really scared of being rejected. Okay. So what if I am rejected? Life doesn't end. The world won't stop spinning. And what if I just sought to understand the men in my life? What if I learned to listen? What if I practiced supporting others? Like as long as I'm saying that's hard, that's impossible, that's never going to happen, then that's going to be the result that is created.
1: Yeah, I mean you're a hundred percent correct. Like I, I almost don't allow certain language when I'm working with people just because mm-hmm. it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. But um, you, but you need to also replace it with something else. Mm-hmm. So there's like that remove and then replace um, system where it's mm-hmm. oh, I'm so weak, like I can't do it, like I'm never going to get this okay, let's remove that, and then let's replace it with something else mm-hmm. right, and then asking what what are your suggestions what what is it that you want to have happen? I just want to get it, okay, how do you get it? I just need to focus more, okay, cool, maybe we replace it with i'm I'm really focusing now
0: mm-hmm. yeah, our words are powerful
1: yeah, they're very very powerful,
0: yeah, I think of like in the Old Testament or the um The Genesis creation account, um, God, when God creates the universe, it says that he breathes life into creation. Like he says, let there be light. And there's light. I I look to that and I'm like, words are powerful, man. Like words can bring new life and words can bring death. Like what, what are my words inviting people into? What is it? What, what is it inviting myself into?
1: Yeah, there's, um. I'm like a very almost black and white person, as you can probably tell. Like, like oh, it just makes sense. Like, we just do it this way.
0: You just have the conversation. <laughs> you just have a
1: conversation. I mean, I get in order to get there, you have to really want to have the conversation. There has to be mm-hmm. a certain al- amount of like um, self-worth or self-value. Like, I am valuable of having this conversation. I'm okay if it doesn't go the correct way, like kind of getting all those outcomes. But with the whole word thing there, have you ever heard of the Komodo Project? No. So it's a process on water where, I think it was in Japan, they 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 had a few monks come in and they prayed on these certain glasses of water. So on a couple glasses, they, they did like happiness, love, like gratitude, like really positive words. Mm-hmm. And then on some other glasses, they put negative words like death or I don't really think about too many negative words, but you can put your own negative word in there. Mm-hmm. And then they studied them under a microscope. And you can look it up online and there's been a couple of books and, and stuff written on it. And when you see the crystallation of the water on the positive, it's like, it looks like a snowflake. It's just so beautiful, so symmetrical, so intricate. And then you look at the water from the negative words and it's all disheveled and it's all scattered all over the place. So if you hmm. if you think about, you're like, okay, that's cool. But then you think about, okay, what are humans mostly made up of? Hmm. Water. So if you're constantly projecting this positive, this like well-being type attitude, it's literally going to change you from the inside out. It's going to change the molecular makeup of your physical body. It's not. I think a lot of times it can get kind of airy fairy, where it's like, yeah, it's just like be positive and like, mm-hmm. what the heck does that mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but it's cool when there's. It, it's been it's proven like it actually works. <laughs> Try it. Right,
0: that's powerful. Mike, thank you so much for just sharing your wisdom and your heart and even just showing me through our conversation that like things don't have to be as hard as we say it is. And, um, I'm, I like, want to go, I want to go research the heck out of that Komodo project right now. That's so fascinating. Um, but I just want to acknowledge the work you're doing and the space you're holding for not only men, but women, um, I think the more and more we can have these conversations, the more healing can actually happen. So I just want to thank you for your time and for sharing all your wisdom with me.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's It's been a pleasure. I'm like, oh, we're done already with we're getting started.
0: I, <laughs> I know. I, the clock, I was like, oh, we should probably wrap it up. But I feel like we could just keep talking forever. So thank you. Thank you for what you're up to. And um, just real quick, how can people follow along with what you're up to and get to know your work better?
1: Yeah, they can follow me on social media and on, on Instagram. My, uh, my handle is mike.idella, which is A-I-D-A-L-A. And uh, my website's mikeidella.com. I have uh, a few training programs pre-handled training programs on there for sale and chelsea and i are running a retreat in bali this new year if uh, you're interested in that it's yoga mindfulness fitness and we'll be talking a lot about these concepts of how to live a well life Mm. through more holistic practices
0: i love that what a better way to spend New years yeah (laughs) Uh, well thank you so much um i hope you guys have a good thanksgiving and you get to enjoy the the snow today um Boulder.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Okay.
0: Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the refined collective podcast. I want you to know that this project of mine is such a labor of love and it wouldn't be possible without you, without your support, without your encouragement, without your feedback. So if you have a minute and you are enjoying this podcast, if you are an avid follower, or maybe this is the first episode you're listening to and you loved it, go to iTunes search the refined collective podcast and subscribe. And if you're feeling even some extra love, I would love to ask you to write a review for us. Now, this helps us get to more eyes to get to more people. It kind of acts as like an SEO for podcasts. So if you have a minute, go find us on iTunes or on your podcast app, search the refined collective, subscribe and rate and review us. It would mean the world to us. Next, if you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to, follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about and I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. (laughs) Bye. When you earn your degree online at Arizona State University, you get everything the nation's most innovative university has to offer. The same internationally recognized faculty, the same nationally ranked programs, the same degree. Learn more at asuonline.asu.edu.